Hi, this is Joseph Norris. I'm a urology registrar in the London Deanery, but I'm currently out of programme on an MRC doctoral fellowship based at UCL under the supervision of Professor Mark Emberton investigating prostate cancer that is not detected by MRI. I'm also part of the Senior Committee for the Burst Research Collaborative, and today I'm bringing you the latest in the Burst BJUI podcast series. Today's podcast is going to focus on the latest article which has arisen from the PROTECT trial. The title of this paper is The PROTECT trial, Analysis of the Patient Cohort, Baseline Risk Stratification and Disease Progression. The first name author is Richard J. Bryant and the senior author is Professor Freddie Hamdy at the University of Oxford. The PROTECT trial was a randomised multi-centre trial in which men with PSA screened prostate cancer were randomised to three arms. The three arms were active monitoring, radical prostatectomy and radical radiotherapy. Remarkably, at the end of the 10-year monitoring period, there was no statistically significant difference between these three arms with regards to prostate cancer-specific mortality. However, the group that was randomised to active monitoring were noted to have a higher risk of disease progression and metastasis. These headline 10-year outcomes were published in the NEJM in 2016. However, today we are focusing on the latest post-hoc analysis, which has been published in the April 2020 edition of the BJUI. In this paper, the authors test the hypothesis that there are identifiable risk factors found at baseline which can predict progression of prostate cancer. To test this hypothesis, they used the 10-year outcome data from PROTECT. They compared two groups of men at the 10-year follow-up. The first group had prostate cancer, which did progress, and the second group had prostate cancer, which was stable, or didn't progress. 198 men had disease with progression, and 1,409 men had stable disease. The authors stratified men by clinical disease stage, pathological grade, and PSA level, and used Cox proportional hazard models to compare these groups. Overall, they showed that one-third of the PROTECT cohort were men with intermediate or high-risk prostate cancer. Furthermore, they showed that men who had disease progression had higher-risk disease at baseline. So, of men who did progress, 62% had intermediate or high-risk disease at baseline. However, men with stable disease, only 31% had intermediate or high-risk disease at baseline. Similarly, men who progressed after surgery were also likely to have a higher Gleason gray group, as well as higher pathological stage, larger tumour size, further lymph node involvement, and positive surgical margins. The authors also showed that there was a roster of features which are helpful in predicting time to disease progression, and these include patient age, PSA level, Gleason gray group, clinical stage, number of positive cores at biopsy, the tumour length and presence of perineural invasion. Clearly, there are numerous strengths of the analysis that is presented here. Most of these stem from the strength that the PROTECT trial brings. The PROTECT trial represents analysis of 1,643 men with localised prostate cancer over at least a 10-year period, which is one of the most mature, rigorous data sets that we have available to us. For me, one of the key things that I will take away from this analysis from Bryant and colleagues is that the Gleason grade group remains the most impactful clinical feature to help guide discussions with patients regarding prognosis and potential clinical outcome. Indeed, the lack of progression in men with lower Gleason grade group cancer provides decent support for the rationale behind active surveillance and more conservative therapies. 
However, this set of patients were PSA screened and so lacked the risk stratification that's afforded by pre-biopsy MRI. Furthermore, this study is limited by potential lack of originality. The features highlighted by the authors to predict disease progression are features which are fairly well recognised, particularly Gleason grade and tumour size and their relationship with clinical outcome. Finally, we should be slightly wary when a lot of post-hoc analysis is done to a study as there now have been 20 to 25 papers published from this trial. However, PROTECT trial was a monumental piece of work and involved significant effort from researchers, clinicians and patients and as such it's understandable why the authors want to maximise on this work. This concludes today's discussion and I hope you found this podcast useful. Thank you for listening.